and it is episode 26 of LOI Weekly with Johnny Ward here and Daniel McDonald. And as ever, you will find us on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Snapchat, and iTunes. And the studio guest today is going to be the very suave and uh, very handsome, according to the Longford official uh, website, I think, when he signed, Neil Fenn. And again, Dan, we're true to the old. If they've gotten a good result at the weekend, the better chance he'll come in. But Neil actually has quite a busy schedule today. And we should mention as well, none other than Ollie Horgan will join us on the phone after. Ollie, Ollie will join us. Latest instalment of um, your relationship. Rihanna chat. Yeah. Um, but first things first, before we get to uh, look back on some notable results in the FAI Cup, you kind of coerced people into giving us reviews. And well, it was Chris now. It was Chris who was, Chris well, was from was, afar. You, know. you, you did the... You did the bidding, didn't I actually you? Said it. Well, no, we just said, you know, give us a couple of reviews. And with uh, sort of 105% popularity, North Korea type, we're, we're doing really well in the ratings. Yeah, no, I just want to appreciate, you know, just want to thank everyone who reviewed. If anyone else wants to give us a review, they're all really welcome to do so. Why does it matter? Um, apparently, I don't know, it's something to do with like position in the charts or something, which, you know, I don't know, is it, does, it, when we're, does it help us if we're looking for like a, a new contract or something? Like, I don't know, is that how it works? I mean, just the kind of thing that we put down on the table at the end of the year and go, look at us, you know, we're up there in the charts. What Christmas number brand. ones do you remember? Christmas number ones do I remember? I remember the Mr. Blobby, the Blobby song. Was That's that number right. one? Mm, I um, think it was. Um, God, I don't know. Stay. Oh, East 17, Stay Another Day. I, I, was, I, was in, I think I was in national school. But that had a stint. Did it? It's Christmas, yeah. Did that even get to number one or was it oh, number yeah, two? Yeah. Was it no, just a no. Christmas song? Um, it got to number one. But the charts still matter in their own way, I suppose. They, they probably do. I mean, listen, we, they were orders from above, and just when you take them, like we're basically slaves to that type of thing. Mm. But um, but at the same time, we we appreciate the reviews that we got. There was one that referred to you as smooth, Johnny, which I, was uh, I think that's a play on the guy from The Simpsons, isn't it? I don't know. It's like, but I mean, you're like what? So The Simpsons is references it smooth Joe's lock of the week. Oh yeah, I think that's. It's not that I'm smooth. It's just a play on that. Oh, which know. I've superimposed on my Twitter yeah. page, and I think it's uh, Cameron the Going Out fan. It's my favourite profile pick of all time that I've been involved with anyway. Mm. The lock of the week. Anyway, yeah, we'll take a few more reviews of people who've got them going. Although, again, it's just a bit undignified, a bit shameless, but like. Don't be afraid know. to criticise us. Yeah, I mean, we can take oh. a bad review as well, yeah. as we discussed, you know. And uh, we also should mention that the funny reviews at the end of the season will get a prize. Now, we don't know what the prize is, but I guess that's part of, uh, you know, the fun of it all. And Dan, we were at a wedding at the weekend, one Bose fan by the name of Rory O'Connor. Um, he, he's now still called Rory O'Connor. <laughs> he's the bloke, but he's married. He's married, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Like, there was quite a few, I mean, very obviously works in the end, though. He's more of a rugby man these days, you know. But um, listen... We all make changes as life goes on. We I was regret, at Jamie Connor's uh, wedding as well last year, and he's a Bose fan. Um, but this was a much more kind of, it was a nicer affair. There weren't as many sort of Bose guriers like uh, Well, there was the a couple, but they were more they under were the kept, radar. Yeah, under they were the kept radar, like More towards the back of the room as well. Indeed. But then they were, they were uh, throughout the night. I mean, the only, I hope it didn't ruin his night that, uh, that reports were coming through of the Finn Harps. Bo's latest scores like I mean I've, I vaguely recall someone running up the room and giving a score update to the top table at one point you know yeah. which I can't imagine maybe other members of the family would be too chuffed by but um, yeah, yeah well, a bit of a dramatic one for Bo's I mean I feel bad we had Shane and Oscar in last week and uh, Oscar set up a, a chance for Fuad Sule, which I don't think he meant to set up but the ball ran away on him when he was trying to go it's through hardly, you, you wouldn't say it to him when he was here I would yeah, yeah Oscar is a good lad yeah. very very mannerly lad from Sandyford yeah um, but Fuad then of course, dinked it off the post, um, 
But to be fair, Bowes really had that game in the bag and uh, Dan O'Byrne, not the most intelligent tackle in the, the world. Not the best challenge. And the thing is, we have this new rule now as well, which is the big change last week, that there's no, there's no replays. Are you first in or? Well, I am, but it's sort of strange. I mean, I, I think I saw Darren McKinney refer to it today. Um, that it was probably to alleviate fixture congestion um, to prevent a repeat of last year, but obviously all the teams have been knocked out of Europe much earlier. So now there isn't really going to be a fixture congestion, you know, congestion situation. And and I, I guess the clubs that went out, Bowes and, and Calester, might feel a bit hard done by not getting a replay. I think it's a good idea in principle if it tidies up the, the fixture calendar, but we still the fixture calendar this season still isn't that great. Like we're still rushing the season big time. You know, we still have a couple of midweek rounds and stuff. So maybe in future years if they were spreading out the season, the league season a bit um, and you know there was European games and so on. I, I can see the argument behind it. I actually welcomed it at the time. So I think it'd be hypocritical to turn back on it. It just seems strange that there's no real fixture congestion coming up. There's a few teams behind in their games, but like nothing dramatic. So I'd say Bo would be fairly sick not to have brought it back to the Daily Mount, where they probably would have fancied themselves in normal circumstances to go through. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it, it, it certainly did add an edge to some of the games that you know has to be settled on the night. And I guess that's going to be the case in the next round as well. Um, we maybe we should run through the, some of the other results yeah. from the weekend as well. Uh, the yeah. Doc Derry, was, I was there on Sunday. I mean, that was the game of the round. Um, but it was surprisingly one-sided. As much as Derry had chances at key points, but just in the overall run of play, um, the Doc were very impressive. They had a lot of chances. I mean, Michael Duffy scored at the end. There must have been double figures, shots on goal he'd had by the time he eventually by scored. By Duffy alone. Yeah, now they missed Conor McDermott big time and, and Schubert played there and then he brought on a sub in the second half and Duffy ran right at McElhenney. did well against Derry. He hasn't done well against him thus far this season. Um, in fact, all the ex-Derry players, like Vemelon was excellent as well. He went on two sort of... Um, unbelievable runs but I'm not sure if they actually made the highlights package like two runs sort of Beckenbauer style from deep like both times into the area it was like thrilling stuff it was a great game it was a really entertaining game um, I mean it could have been 10-2 or something at the end of it you know it was sort of a chaotic element to it but for a game that maybe I don't know if it, you wonder like would Derry in normal circumstances it's not in Derry's nature actually to be cagey in any way but if they knew a draw would bring it back to, to their place would you have a different mindset? Like I, the I, league I, game where it was nil all. You no, know, we were at that game and they were very, uh, you were at that game. You were of course. At, you, of course, you were at that <laughs> game. <laughs> but uh, but um, that, that would, uh, I wonder does that affect the psychology of it because Derry were very positive. I think they're very positive anyway. Um, Cork against Bray um, sadly are scored after missing a penalty. Uh, not a great crowd at that game either. Our um, crowd is uh, 531, the official. Now, Some d- people said there was more there I spoke to, but either way, for a, you know, Saturday evening. We should, we should, we should note that game. you have to pay in if you're a season ticket holder, which sometimes matters for games. It that does. It shouldn't, but it, it does. No, it, Fair it, enough. It definitely does. But, I mean, but surely you have Chabray to... only had 120 season ticket holders or something anyway, mm. didn't they? Surely you have to email. read from this that there just still is a body of people that do not want to watch Bray under the current watch. Like, how, wh- why else would there be such a bad crowd? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was a Saturday evening. I think the logic behind it on a Saturday evening was the fact that the thoughts of some Cork people would be up for the hurling on the Sunday. And, I mean, I, I apparently there was quite a good away support. Saturday, brother, yeah. Good, good, good away support at it. Um, and I said, people said there might have been more, but really, like, when you're arguing between 100 here and there, it's a pretty grim discussion either way. Um, and just to mention, what happened with Ronan Curtis? We thought last week he'd be gone. Yeah, um, personal terms were not agreed. Um, and I, I guess, I mean, the theory has been put there that maybe... You know, when you realise the cost of living, say in in Sweden, and that maybe the sort of if you're quoted a a wage increase in what you've got here, 
um, but maybe you know, that money mightn't go as far over there. That that's part of it. It certainly seems like the clubs reached agreement anyway, and the money on the table was very good for Derry. Like it was, um, you know, I think it was potentially rising to a six-figure sum, which for a club from Scandinavia to be paying is mm. is big money. You know, whatever about like for them even that's 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 a big enough fee. So um, yeah, and he he was at fault. He switched off for the first goal, and Kenny Shields did make the point that he'd spent the week before the game, like you three, right, yeah. three flights or something on the Friday. Um, so, so not ideal, but then he, I suppose he's a familiar scapegoat. It wasn't just a lot of things happened in between him making a mistake, you know. Here's another snap one for you then. Who would you say do you, do you predict will be the next three kind of players to leave the League of Ireland? Next three? Um, okay, well, let's, next take, three let's, big names, let, let's take Curtis out of it. Mm. I think he probably will go, but let's remove him from it. Um, I think Trevor Clark. I think probably Conor McDermott. And... Is Conor McDermott that good? Um, yeah, he's very well thought of. I mean, I've, I've saw a bit of him this season, but actually a couple of times I've seen him, he was he was actually shunted into like centre half or back three. Just that purely at right full alone, he's very well thought of. I mean, Patrick McElhenney is the obvious one as well. I mean, the Docs still have a job to keep him. Um, if, if, if they go to cup finals, say, and, and he finishes the season like he can, um, then then they'd be it. Like, they're very obvious picks. Like I'm trying to think, is there anyone maybe a bit below... We spoke about Connor Kane, Kane as well. Drada, Drada. The, their form mightn't have, you know, might necessarily be helping helping him. Um, yeah, you would think of yeah, I think I mean Connor O'Malley certainly was one that would have been on the list in that respect. There's still been a bit of chat about Rory Feely, even though he hasn't been playing and he's he's learned the hard way a bit this season. Um, but th- there's a couple of good boys at Derry as well. Like there is definitely you have. That I think thing. that little lad Holden as well is going to be a good player. Yeah, and like a Mac and F as well. Mm. You know you. You'd assume, shot you'd, assume, you'd assume every other you'd assume all the other top three anyway um, or the, well, the other three in the top four at the moment will be looking at someone like McInef too now whether you know he's any interest in going anywhere else but but England if he's leaving Derry you know we, we shall see how but. was McElhenney still here though I mean even for the first goal on, on Sunday um, it was it looked simple enough but it was brilliant play to open up but he, he's still here because he's been there's still well he didn't necessarily have a brilliant European campaign last year he had Brilliant moments in it, but he probably was outshone a bit by by Horgan and probably by Boyle. Um, and I think as well, it's just that he's a bit more of a. He would be deemed to be a bit more of a luxury player in the sense of, um, you know, where are you going to fit him into a team where you sign him? And like this season, like he scored some amazing goals. I mean, some of the bigger games he hasn't necessarily done that well. Where you would assume. Like people who come from outside are not going to judge someone on what he does against Drada. Surely they judge him how he does against Rosenberg, who is the yeah, best player. Yeah, no, pitch, exactly. I, I would have thought that the the first leg against Rosenberg certainly would have been a big boost to his prospects. I mean, that's why there's been talk of even Melbourne City now, and um, and the fact that he's aware that there's uh, you know he is in this situation where the pragmatic thing for him to do is he's out of contract at the end of the year is just sit and wait, and there's no there's no panic. You know, you're will he be gone? I I, th- um, I think it would be difficult. I mean, he has a he's he's twenty four. I mean, there comes a point where you have to make a decision. Um, okay, the dog have got Kenny tied down. I think they'll try, they will try and use that as leverage for trying to talk to players about new contracts. Um, but I still have that good feeling that uh, just speaking to him for that Rosenberg game and he's sort of making the noises about well he's got a kid and he has to think about his future and so on. Um, I, I'd say he would explore all the avenues 
about leaving. And before know? we came on, you were defending Martin O'Neill a bit for just the timing of the Sean Maguire kind of... Uh, well, yeah, Maguire being in the squad, and we have to talk about the, the magic playing again and so on. When I say defending him, I just think there, I mean, there's a slight bit of misfortune that if there had been an international friendly last November, there's no doubt in my mind that Daryl Horgan, who was on the bench in Vienna, would have played in a friendly. Normally, there's an international friendly after that competitive game. He played USA a couple of years ago when he capped Cyrus Christie and McGoldrick and a few others for the first time. I have no doubt that a League of Ireland player would have played for Ireland last November if they'd been a friendly. Then with Maguire, I think where he erred was he should have come to watch him in March, April, May because he says he saw him in June against Dundalk and thought he'd really improved from last November. doesn't really explain why he didn't come to watch him in March, April or May when he was flying. However, if he was going to involve him in a game in June... Um, it probably would have been the game in America, which would have meant Maguire missing the game against Dundalk where he got the hat-trick. I'm not sure how Cork would have felt about the possibility of that. And um, I'm disappointed he didn't bring him into train around that time, but, but I don't think he was ever going to get on the pitch at that stage. I think there's been just unf- misfortune. Now, Martin Neal said if he was at Cork now, he probably still would have had him in the squad. Maybe he would have. Maybe he would have, but that's... A, Wonderful sort of hypothetical debate now. Look, we just don't know if that's the case. Uh, but I, I just tend to think he may have with Cork having nothing. To I play think for. so. I and think I think uh, uh, I don't think O'Neill's attitude to the league has been. Um, no, he, he could have come to games in March, April, but I think overall he's. But and it's fair. Like by the way, like I think it's very hard to judge players in the league based on what they do on the league. It has to be Europe, and that's why Horgan and Boyle were in last year because you, you saw Horgan play against Zenit, and that was the case. Yes, he can play against. Better players. But then you're saying our clubs aren't good enough, even the better ones. Like, Well, I think there's a handful of games a season, you could say. I think the Dundalk games v Cork and maybe Derry and Rovers and so on. But look at the league table. Look at the gap in points. Like, It's very hard to judge um, a player's readiness for, say, international inclusion on the basis of scoring against teams you know, the bottom half of our table, never mind the top. Like, I, I, I would love that to not to be the case. I would love if we had a fully full-time league where you could judge it in that way. And like, maybe something we can ask Neil about in due course as well, given that he would have played um, in the league when the standards were very high, albeit financially unsta- unsustainable, around 2005 six mm. with Kevin Doyle, um, you know, with a lot of other players that Keith Fahey was in the league around that time who, who went on and made the jump. You know, and it might be interesting to see what his thoughts is now and where we stand, having played against the Sligo team. And we should uh, we should give that result as well. That was a big one, yeah. Four two for um, Longford after extra time, and uh, my my cursory Alan Cawley mentioned uh, he said he was oh, at the game God. and yeah. could not believe how bad Sligo were, and was critical also of of Little on the sideline. Um, have we discussed your dinner date with Alan Cawley? You were over in the house. Mm. He's had you over for yeah. Was things nice. have really like moved along from. Mm. From small acorns. It's Absolutely, wonderful. yeah. Um, then we had Dundalk 4, <laughs> Derry nil, uh, which we mentioned. Cork 1, obviously Bray nil. Harps Bows, which we mentioned as well. 4-3 after extra time. Watford nil, Shell 3 was a very interesting one. Owen Heary, who was on the show earlier this season, um, and against Alan Reynolds, who was over the phone, and uh, Pat Fenn was over the phone earlier in the season. But that was a big blow for Watford, because they would have fancied a cup run, I think. And Shell's... Fair play with 10 men. And I must we slag Anthony Buttermer enough, but he got the red card spot on, I thought, anyway. Mm. Uh, Shamrock Rovers beat Glenville 1-0 at home. And um, Julian Canny, our erstwhile friend, not happy. He had the minus two. And like to be limping to a 1-0 win with the team they had out. 
Just don't gamble. Don't gamble. Um, okay, well, let's be a bit more realistic. But um, we should mention <laughs> as well, nearly the chambers of horrors for Galway United. Do you like that? That was a Just good came line. up with that in the last 10 minutes. That was great. Yeah. T- 10 minutes. Okay, 10, 10, minutes. 10 seconds would have been better. To be yeah. While you were kind of chatting, I was like, well, I have to think of something here. But yeah. Stephen Chambers, who is, of course, a brother of? James Chambers. The sartorial uh, stud that he is, I suppose. Yeah. Um, this was very embarrassing for going either, certainly very near to it, because they were reliant on penalties to... And, and Dan, the whole thing is, these clubs, the cup isn't something to be treated as, as a kind of a, a causing you don't want to see, because the European money is, notwithstanding getting to the Aviva Stadium, the European, oh, the European money, money is huge. huge. And it, it might, might have opened up a bit, and certainly, um, yeah, the, um, did you see the footage of all the games this week? Did you see the evergreen draw of one? It was like <laughs> that looks the, like my Astro days. Uh, yeah, like. it was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like the... Uh, see your man on the ground, Polak. It, it was goal. like the camera was in like a helmet that one of the managers was wearing. <laughs> it was like the, before the Grand National where they put like a helmet in one of the jockeys, you know. It was actually Pete Matten's view of the game you got to see. If it was, like, they put it in John Caulfield, but it wouldn't be half as effective because he'd be manically <laughs> yeah, going. All over the shop. It'd be all static. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Cavatini beat UCD 3-1. Crumlin... The only shock at around, although actually I don't think Crumlin would view it as a shock at all to beat Wexford, who are bottom of the first division. I think Crumlin's standards would be higher than that. Um, Cove Wanderers beating Killarney. Athlone won 5 0 against Ballon Colley. They now play Cork. Uh, Banger Celtic, the, uh, the non league junior contingent, flying the flag 3 2 against Everton. Limerick beat Cove 3 0. But. Limerick. And Evergreen draw is, 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 well, yeah, it was 4 0, I think, Limerick. that game, wasn't it? So, but but Limer- yeah. Limerick beat Cove 3 0, and, you know, Robson, the coach after the game is like, yeah, we did a very professional job, but they followed that then by a fairly insipid performance, I think, against Rovers and also, obviously, Sligo and Bray was nil all. Very good results for the other teams down there, but Limerick are in huge trouble, Dan. Limerick, one point from 15, no goals in the last four in the league, and Neil McDonald afterwards, my emotions are a bit all over the place at the moment. Which isn't necessarily a great uh, quote you want after the game, particularly one that was carried on the official Atrissi League website. Wow. Um, so... Um, that was that was the line. Um, we haven't we we have just got to a level that we can't seem to get past. That's the most frustrating thing. Now they've let a number of players go. They've, they've re- either not replaced them or replaced them with players who haven't really done the job. And from a position of being, you would have thought safe with normal you know normal progress for the rest of the season, they're suddenly on twenty eight points. And like it's the reverse of two years ago where they made this amazing late run with momentum to get to the playoff, albeit then to lose it. Um, but the momentum is sucking them in the other direction now. And I think the vibes just seem very bad there at the moment. And I mean, I think Liam McDonald got a two and a half year deal when he came in. And uh, that was a statement of intent. They've got money there to try and push on the club. And the prospect of them going down would be disastrous, possibly more so than for any other club. Yeah. The bottom six. Although Sligo will be close. Um, and Sligo have seven games left now, just two of them at home. And again, they just don't look like winning games. I, I think know? I think as a as a Go United fan, I've I've been saying for a while I feel that we can be ahead of Drogheda, Harps and Sligo. Sorry, Drogheda, Sligo and one of the other three. And I, I I'm sticking to my guns with that one. And uh also just the, the second Five round. Draws draw. in a row for Sligo. Yeah, they can't seem to score. And the second round draw, um, this wasn't good for Go United, obviously. Drawn away to St. Pat's, which Pat's wouldn't see as a great draw either by any um, no. stretch. Shell's got Shamrock Rovers, which will kind of bring back the old days of 
Rovers being the tenants at, at Tolkien, the two teams does, playing there, you didn't know Griffith who was Griffith 2004 or something mm. about this tie. I think I remember, was there some shell Shamrock Rovers game that finished around 6-4 at one point? Tony Cousins was involved. I have vague recollections. There was probably something that was on Sports yeah. Stadium or something yeah. back in the day. Jim Sherwin. Jim Sherwin and, and, and the lads. And um, um, Cork against that lone town, as you mentioned as well. Uh, Limerick against Harps, which will be... Uh, Possibly some reprieve for Limerick. Bluebell against Cabin Teeley. I mean, that's an interesting game. Bluebell would fancy their chance Keith there. Keith at Bluebell now as well. Yeah. And Drogheda against Cove Wanderers. Drogheda, Drog's getting a very nice run uh, potentially into the last eight. And Crumlin against Dundalk. What can Dundalk expect? Crumlin, uh, which with the Bangor Celtic also against Longford Town, which I omitted to mention, but we will talk to Neil about that. Yeah. Crumlin against Dundalk. They can he, expect a good side, although I haven't heard yet where the game is going to be played. And Would they be tempted to go to Oriel, do you think? Uh, that would be tempting, I think. Um, you'd probably get more money out of it that way, I would have thought. Because I think Dundalk's focus is very much on the cup now. If, in terms of even there was a very good crowd there on Sunday too when I know it was Derry I know it was a good away sport but I think there's a, there's a real sense that the cup is the thing now we so do need to he'll, do he'll that get though, a full, the Crumlin will now get a in another year Crumlin might not have got a full strength and dock they will now and that's going to make it don't, five times harder for him you yeah know? but don't we need more promotion the last thing we'll talk about before we get Neil on don't we need to rebrand the cup kind of from above and package it as a great competition with a lot of history but also the fact that it really does matter to the clubs now you won't have as much rest in players I think Pats played a really strong team in Port Marnock but I, yeah but I th- I'm not sure if the marketing campaign is it means a lot to the clubs dot 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 no, but you, I'm this not, year you, yeah. know, like, you know but next year it'll be back to more of the same no but I, like okay they've gotten rid of the replays you know, which is fair enough in terms of the logic behind it, but like I remember as a young fan going to Bally Buffet after a two all draw, and it was one of my first away trips, and I was probably in the junior start at the time, going up to see John Minnock, Jonathan Speak, um, and all the, Donal O'Brien, all these Harps players, Pascal Vodacan, Pascal Vodacan, um, the place was absolutely rocking, like it was for mm. a cup replay. And I remember cup replays against that loan in Terryland, there'd be 4,000 at it. This would be early in the cup. And it, it had that kind of winter, midweek feel to it that it was early on in the cup. And the place would be really like the atmosphere would be unbelievable. But, but this is a debate that's gone on in other leagues too. Like the cup at that point was arguably like the, the biggest game of the season. Mm. I, I think I would remember cup winners as much as I would remember league winners in the 90s, where I think now things have shifted. And I'm just thinking football every, everywhere. The league has become the thing. League position. You but know. the Aviva Stadium is a no, huge, huge. saviour for And for, for the players, like, I think for mm. players themselves, you know, the prospect of going there and manage. But it's almost like once you get to the last four, the cup is huge. But at this stage of the season, if you're a manager of battling relegation or something like that, and I mean, that's most managers almost in the league, it can be seen as a small bit of a nuisance. You know, it can be seen as a small bit of a nuisance at that point. And we are now joined by Neil Fenn, uh, who is probably still on a high from uh, the weekend, but you're, you spent today running around a field with a lot of kids, actually, which was tiring, I'd imagine. Yeah, just um, finished up there in DCU, a summer camp, um, soccer camp that we, that we run through Path to Pro. Um, myself and Dara Doyle um, have been doing that today, so enjoyable, but hard work. Yeah, and uh, this must be the high of the season in your kind of ephemeral spell at Longford to... Because Sligo's a small bit of a derby game for Longford as well. It's kind of up in the northwest, and they, they probably brought a decent crowd. And to beat them after extra time against a fully pro team, Neil, must have been brilliant. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, they, they do class it as a bit of a derby, I think, where you're right there. Um, they brought a, a, a lot of support as well. Um, and we fully matched them, you know. It wasn't like we, we hung on a little bit, a couple of little chances they had and probably should have scored. But we created our own chances. And um, once you get to extra time, when you're, when you're not a full-time team, you think the lads' legs are going to go and... 
Um, but they didn't. They carried on, and, and we fully deserved it in the end. I thought. And uh, you've come in dressed in the Longford garb, but like you're kind of in, a, in an iconic suit, man. Now, like um, watching you on the sidelines. Yeah. Um, I'm just what was the thinking there? <laughs> We're just going. I, I didn't really. I don't know. I didn't really think too much into it in terms of thinking. Right. I just thought that managers dress smart. That's the way I always saw managers. Um, that's the way I wanted to do it. So it wasn't really. Well, I've, I've who, who was your best dressed manager? I don't think Pat Dolan sort of tried the. Pat Dolan was well dressed. Yeah. Um, who else was well dressed? Best manager. Um, just trying to think there. I've had some. I don't think there has been any good managers. I say, I say Dolan. Dolan's the one that springs to mind. You Pat know, Dolan would dress smartly. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, he goes around now wearing a kind of a hoodie type <laughs> top, but it's a Hugo Boss one. I've met him at a couple of games, but uh, I'm actually there's a couple of transfers in that hoodie. I'd say, like, well, yeah. you know, before I, yeah. before Dylan Long got moving, it was it was the more yeah. more TK Max job he had. Like I reckon, you know. Well, I'm actually uh, I'm good mates with the lads in Louis Copeland from my racing post days, so they would do you a deal if you wanted to come through me. <laughs> oh no, so I've got a cut off with the two. I've got a good friend of mine in suit. Shoe Liffey Street in Dublin. So you're going to plug, plug that as well. Okay. You were just doing a plug for yours. Yeah. To yeah. Be fair, so Dan, getting married next month. Uh, if you're not sorted shoe, by Liffey now, Street. yeah, and no, I've got a deal done already. But I don't <laughs> yeah. collar and cuff. Thing, you know. <laughs> 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 Listen to the podcast. Actually, that's another story. The, oh yeah, yeah. So you were approached getting the suit. Your man actually recognises this. Is your wedding suit. And your man goes, "Oh, I know you from the podcast." podcast yeah, yeah. yeah. So there you go, Johnny. And if Neil Finn, it. if Neil Finn, I presume he gets recognised at the same kind of a level as Dan does, you know, at this stage. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know. I, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, anyway, we've gone we've gone off the subject here completely. This but, man, uh, I, I know, I always praise whoever's in front of me, but this man was a good ball player and a lovely player in the League of Ireland. When I would argue that they got the ball down a lot less than they do now, but it was always your natural inclination, anyway. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, I don't know how, Dan, how good Dan is at football, but for me, um, <laughs> that's the way I've always wanted to play. It was the way I used to moan about it all the time when I played that people didn't do it enough around me. So it was only natural that as a manager, right, that's the way I was going to want to do it. How are you enjoying the actual challenge of managing? In the I'm loving league? it. I'm loving it. I, I actually, when I retired in 2010... Um, <laughs> Which time was that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was waiting for um, When I retired, I, I said, right, I, did, I didn't really want... I wanted to do other things. I wanted to do coaching with the kids and stuff like that, just to say I felt that I wanted to do. And then it was only... And then I had a little spell at Drada there as assistant under Darius... Um, which I and, and Damien, which I, I kind of enjoy, but there was, I didn't feel I was kind of having enough of a say, you know. It was Darius Kearns and Damien Damien Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. Um, not that I didn't have enough of a say, but it wasn't my team, you know, I wasn't putting my stamp on it. And then, um, I, and then I got a call towards the end of last season from a friend of mine who took over at Leighton Orient. Um, and he wanted me to go in as, as his assistant. It was a learning experience in a way. Yeah. It was a fraud and it wasn't time just there, on wasn't the, it? Yeah, it wasn't just on the pit. Loads of stuff going off of it. And then it, it just gave me a little bit of a bug for it. And I just really enjoyed it. Going to different places, trying to put a team out and trying to um, beat them and think of different ways of doing it and stuff like that. Because we only had a young team. We were playing kids. Yeah. Um, was there financial trouble there? Yeah, massive yeah. financial trouble. The chairman Difficult time, wasn't, wasn't putting in any money. But the lads weren't getting paid. They were going on strike. They were footballs were going missing stuff was going missing out the treatment room just loads of stuff like that so this makes the league of ireland sound good <laughs> <laughs> well i never i never saw anything like that going on in league of ireland so but it happened over there but um so i kind of got a bug for it and when i came back i thought right i'm gonna i'm gonna apply for a job and um the long for job came up had you applied for other jobs like no, you hadn't no it's my first one wow yeah and so i thought so- i was hoping i would I was hoping at least to get through to the interview stages just so i could see what it was like the kind of stuff they would ask you and things like that and I went through two interviews and, and got it. Was it a problem taking over for you mid-season? Or would you prefer to have your own stamp made at that stage? Like, no, I've, I felt that I could, you know, 
beggars can't be choosers, really, can they? So I thought if I'm going to do it, now's the right time. Let's do it. And um, the squad's the, the squad was decent anyway, so it wasn't too hard. Have people did people advise you not to go into it? Did people say you're mad to go into this management route? It can drive you crazy, or were people just sort of trying to push you towards it? Because you do speak to people. You know, listen to Pat Fenlon recently, for example. Yeah. He's just said, "Nah, he can't be doing with this now. He's, he's, you know, he's had his, his time doing it, and he sees the pressures that are on the coach and so on. It's difficult." Was there anyone saying to you, "Nah, do something else"? Um, it's, it's strange because you do get, you, you do kind of get. When, once you do take a manager job or an assistant manager, you've got loads of people saying, "Oh, well done, brilliant," and everything else. And but you're, I've still been in football. I haven't gone away. I've still been in football for the yeah. last seven years without anybody saying well done. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of you get a little bit of more of a respect level. People see it as grown up adult football, kind mm-hmm. of well done. You've got a, you've got a job like that now, whereas before it was well, you know, what are you doing coaching kids? Right. So that's been a little bit of a. I've noticed that a lot, but nobody's really. Yeah, you have the odd person saying you must be mad going mm-hmm. there and stuff like that, but not not Longford in particular, but just being a manager in the League of Ireland. But you know. If you're gonna, if you want to be a manager and you want to do it, you've got to start somewhere, and I think it's a great place to start. Just to explain to people the path to pro. This is something you've had for going for quite a while, isn't it? You've been involved for in four the coaching. years, yeah. 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 And what's that about? Just to... myself and Matt Gregg um, set it out. Used to play for Bray and Bowes and stuff like that. Goalkeeper. We 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 both were running kind of, and I was running a kind of strikers thing, and he was running a keeper thing. And we kind of put our heads together, thought let's try and make a bit more professional kind of academy. Um, and we'll try and send any any lads we find we think are, are gems not getting spotted in Ireland. We'll try and send them up to England on a trial, see what happens. So we've been doing it for three or four years. Um, How do you fund it? It's funded by our parents, by right. by our people paying whatever for for a monthly, what's however many coaching sessions they come to for the month. What okay. does it cost them for an, an average month for a young player? Um, depends on just different age groups, different structures, and stuff like that. Average. 10 euro a week. That's very little. Yeah. yeah. How old are the kids now that you're... We take, we take them from 6 to 18. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, so there's a big range. We have, a lot, we have Dara Dorr was one of our coaches, coaches was, um, Stephen Marr, um, who else has been coaching? Alan Keogh coached a little bit for us. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Um, Carl Byrne from Cavendry. So we try and use lads from the league um, to help us out a little bit. It's very interesting. and It must be an appealing thing as a League of Ireland manager now that just there's so much an emphasis on 15s, 17s, 19s. And for you going in there, it's probably just more than managing Longford Town Football Club senior team. Yeah, exactly. I've gone in there and part of, when I, part of what I feel strongly about is building up the youth system and stuff like that. So when I went in, I said, like, we, want, we want to try and give the club, a t- the, the club an identity of how we're going to play. Now, whether obviously there's different players and stuff like your standard of players might not be as high in... 15s in Longford is in Dublin so obviously each individual manager is going to have to make a decision how they're going to approach a game so but you know I've met with with the 15s coach the 17s coach 19s coach and we're all trying to get together and and when we do when we do our training sessions they're all put on a on a session planner kind of thing on on laptop and they can all look at what the first team's doing so they can do it and because that has been yeah. the stru- that has been probably the struggle of the 17s hasn't it that some of the clubs that haven't had it before have taken some Eatons. like it's actually been difficult for them but the long-term benefits should hopefully over a generation yeah. hopefully sort of help them the easy thing the easy thing for longford as a club to do would say right we're going to set up in dublin and then we're going to run our 17s and our 15s and our 13s from dublin and play our home matches in longford but we'll be training here mm. but they don't want to do that that'd be such a bad idea wouldn't it i mean you have to just one thing about well, longford too, is, <laughs> what do it, you think well, it, it's a t- it, I, i'm i, I kind of get what they're doing they want to keep the 13s 15s to develop football in longford 
but you're going to have to you're going to have to understand you're not going to get the best players coming through. Um, the best players generally, if if you're if you're a really good fourteen year old, thirteen year old in Longford, most or, or historically most of them would have would have played in Dublin. So mm-hmm. you've got still you've got to keep them in Longford now and say Longford is the best place for you to play. And then you've got to try and you still have to try and attract a few Dublin lads. That's just you're not going to get. You have to attract Dublin lads to the under 15s at Longford. You would have to get. Well, it depends what you want to do. If you just want to have a team in Longford and get beat every week, then you'll just pick up 11 Longford lads or long, in that area. If you want to compete, then you have to look further afield. But do you want to compete? Um, or do you want to grow like soccer and grow them as technical players and so on? Well, that's a good point. I mean, if you, if you, want, to, if you want to... What is your end game to, to produce players for your first team? Then you have to be competitive because if you're getting beat 6 or 7 nil every week, then 15-year-olds ain't going to want to play for you anymore. It's demoralising. Yeah. So you, and, and then you might have a team from Dublin calling you, saying, listen, what are you playing there for? You're losing 7-0. Come and play for us. So I, 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 find, I just find the whole underage thing so intriguing because, say, at Galway United, our under-15s coach, we've a new guy in Martin Devlin, the 17s and 19s coaches are young former players, young guys who are learning their kind of way. So who are the Longford 15 and 17, 19 coaches and what's their background? I, the, the 17s lad's a name called James Dermody. I don't know what his background is. He's been involved in the coaching in that, in the FEI maybe in that um, area for a while. The 19s is a young lad called Darren, um, who again has been uh, coaching for a while. So we, you know, I've met them all and I've said, listen, I'm not worried about results as long as we're trying to, you know, the, don't want to say the usual stuff to dismiss it, but, you know, we want to develop players, we want to develop a style and everything else. But if you're, you know, are you going to develop a 17-year-old technically, realistically, if he hasn't already got it? You've, missed, you know, you've, you've missed, it's that years between... Yeah. But you even need 13s, Dan, wouldn't you? You even need to go, the, young, the younger the better to get these players playing. No, but I tell you, the next is 13s. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're off starting <clears> for 13s. But you, you need them at six and seven, yeah. really. Which yeah. they've started, they've started, they've just started the Youth Academy up, which is what I do in, not wanting to blow, give it another plug, but in Path to Pro, we... Te- for our sixes a lot of plugging on this show <laughs> what was the super for, uh, again? for our sixes and sevens and eights it's just all technical stuff yeah so that's when they need to get the basics and um, I, I guess the, everyone comes on and they talk about like Stephen Bradley and they talk about Stephen Kenny they have their style of football like it's which, which invariably when they say he has his, his way he likes to play which is get the ball down is there anything unique to your style of play uh, that's different um not, I mean, it, all, it does all depend on your players. I mean, we all can stay, you know, we like to get the ball down, but you can, you know, if you haven't got good players, like Dundalk have got good players. That's why they can get the ball down and play. If you haven't, if you're not being able to attract those players, then getting the ball down and playing becomes a little bit more difficult because the lads are just might not be technically as good and or the players in midfield might not be. But we've got good players in Longford. So, you know, it's something that I, I want to do. Um, so whether these players can do it or not is, is another thing so if they can't do it I'll have to find ones that can do it but at the moment they're doing quite well How difficult is the, the first division this year? You've come in you know there's only one place that matters this year which is first you know the way things have changed with the structure and so on so like what can you achieve in the rest of this season? Is this pretty much the building blocks for next year yeah. already? I mean for me it's I mean I might be a little bit selfish about it but I just want to win every game because it's me and it's my kind of first job as a manager and I don't want to go around Sound like Niger, sound like Brian Clough. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose matches. It's my first job, and it, the more matches I lose, the worse it looks. Yeah, so, of course. You know, people are saying, "What's your priority?" and stuff like that. So my priority is to win on a Saturday. That's my job. Um, but you know, I have to understand as well that people are looking at it and saying, "You know, you've got to try this lad out for next year. You've got to try this lad out for next year. You're going to keep him because there's lads I haven't really seen 
because I've seen them in training, but they haven't played because you know they haven't got in because the team's just yeah. When you've done well, you've, it's picked itself, and when you've done badly, you're going to drop a lad just for one dodgy performance and stuff like that. So um, it's tough because you don't. There's not a lot of matches. You know, we haven't yeah. played a midweek game or anything like that. So yeah, and and I mean, most of your playing career, I mean, pretty much all your playing career here was always at the, the highest level, challenging for leagues. Yeah. Are you learning about the first division now? I mean, was that a level that you? I know you worked with Dara Doyle, and there's people you would know that have been involved in the league. But it's how different is it as an environment? It, from? It's a it's a lot. Um, it is different. I don't think there's. I mean, like you say, we just we just played Sligo and beat them. So was there a massive difference between the two teams that I can see? Not really. Um, would there be a massive difference between us and Dundalk? Probably Cork City. Probably after that, there's another level of your Shamrock Rovers and, and Bows at the moment. Which yeah, they'd probably be a, a little bit above us. Yeah. And then the other teams probably you know Waterford would be would be competing for a European place possibly in the, in the Premier Division. So you know. Just to just to say, right, the first division is this and the Premier Division is that, I think it's wrong. And there's different levels in, in those leagues. Yeah. Can I just ask you, you played in the league at a, uh, when you were winning leagues with Cork and with Bowes. I mean, I think the standard was, was pretty good around that time. The top teams were a decent level. You would have played with you know, Kevin Doyle and even Daryl Murphy, I think, before yeah. he left. And you know, a lot of, you played against a lot of future internationals and so on. Where, do you, where would you say the league is at now, say, relative to sort of your peak years, I guess? I suppose it's the strength and depth of each team is probably not as high as what it was. The players are still, the, the individual players are there. Obviously, Sean Maguire and, and McElhenney at, at um, Dundalk, just two that I can think of. Yeah. But, the re, you know, it's the levels of, when, when I was playing for Cork, for example, you had Derry were good, Drogheda were good, Shells were good, Bows were good. Like, there was a good Core. four or five hard, really hard to go places. Nowadays, I don't know, you do, I don't know if there's that. There's two outstanding teams and the rest are sort of, you know, not up to their level. Whereas yeah. before, there's probably four or five at the start of the season. Talking last in when when we won it in 2005, I think with Cork. Now, when we when I when I played for Bowes, we kind of we won the double that year, and we kind of it was it dropped out a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was kind of going out of it then. And the Longford experience so far, I mean, it's a small town, and I was expect a lot of fans are probably wanting to kind of re-embrace the club with new management. Um, but is, is it difficult because it's just so hard to have local players as a small town like that? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, fans, will, fans will turn out if you're successful. I think they probably, you know, Longford would have got good crowds in, in the early 2000s. As soon as the club starts coming, you know, doesn't become successful, starts losing, whatever, probably a little bit of lack of interest in it. Um, so we're just trying to reignite that. I think the singing section again was back at Longford on, on the game on Saturday, which was great. And it's just trying to get more people out to the games on a, on a Saturday evening. Because it must have been an incentive because the facilities must be pretty decent there for a, you know, a small provincial club. Oh, the facilities are great. The pitch is fantastic. Um, the ground's nice. We train in Leak Slip. Um, so that's a, that's a decent facility. So you know everything's there. It's just trying to get the team now. Up to the up to the Premier, and just just going back to the cup game, um, it's been put forward as an indictment of Sligo that in extra time they looked the ones that were leggy against Longford Town, and I don't know, I, I don't see it any other way myself. But could you explain that away? Are Longford just that good that they were able to match up with a team that are one of one of the more professional outfits in the Premier Division? I mean, how many times a week do you guys train? We train three times a week. Three times a week. Yeah. So you can imagine Sligo are full time. They probably train. I don't know. What's five, six times a week, yeah, you know, know, twice a day at times, whatever, anyway. But what, what, how could you be look to be fitter than them in extra time? Um, well, first, I think the best thing about having a, a full-time team is you can have the players all the time. You know they're not doing other jobs. So 
you know, you can get your recovery in and everything else. That's the main part. The actual, they probably don't do more than three actual main training sessions a week, maybe, maybe four, but it's the recovery and it's the, you've got them all the time. You can have them whenever you want. We have to kind of work around if they're working and stuff like that. And you're telling them, listen, do your own little cool down or do your own little warm down, but they're at work. Like they might be a scaffold or something there who's up and down ladders all day. But I think with the, with regard to the game on Saturday, I think it was, I think it was momentum more than anything. I mean, we scored in the 83rd minute, got the equaliser, kind of knocked them a little bit. They had a couple of chances in the in the in the last five minutes of goal, whatever. And then we had just had the momentum going in, the crowd behind us and stuff like that. And I think that was the main thing, really. I don't think it was legs as such. I think it was belief more than anything. What are your ambitions at Longford? My my ambition is is to get another contract next year and. <laughs> So you're yeah. up till the end of the season. Yeah. Did you yeah. speak to Brian Kerr at all when yeah. you were the job? Because yeah. obviously, I mean, I, this was obviously a reunion year as well. Yeah. And you had the 20th anniversary of 97. Was he someone you actually yeah. spoke to? Yeah, definitely. And um, gave me good advice. Definitely. Can you can you reveal the advice or anything else? Yeah, no, he just, he just said, be your own man and just be, you know, do what you believe in, basically. And don't let other people try and persuade you for whatever reason. Because you never know what, what, why they're persuading you. How special was that reunion, actually? That, that, oh, it's brilliant. How have you aged, do you reckon, reckon relative to the other lads? Um, I'm probably, okay, yeah, I'm probably mm, yeah, top five. Top five. Aged, yeah. Who'd be up there? I'd say, well, Duff, Duff, Duff up, would be up there. We yeah. saw Tommy Morgan at that tournament we, we you organised, Tommy, 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 Tommy Morgan looks... I wouldn't uh, say he'd be in the top five, but in terms of football abilities... But if you saw Tommy Morgan in 97, you might... He looked old there. He actually looked old there. He probably still is in the top five. Um um, who, who's up there? Trev Malloy um, looks, you know, right, he hasn't got any hair, but he looks We played against him that day. His son is out in America. America. Scholarship, yeah. isn't yeah. he? Or something? Which yeah, which I found hard to believe, like, you know, yeah. that his son was that old. But actually, who we don't see enough of the first division. Who, who, who are the players at Longford that have sort of made their mark under you? Um, if I tell you, someone else might listen and try and sign him. So I'd, uh, I like that answer. It's <laughs> a good point, <laughs> actually. Not. It's a doggy dog world, to be fair. You actually can. It like. is. Because I'm sure there's not many people at our games watching it. So, um. What's your managerial style? Are you like, you know, is there a, uh, a difference between you and the players? Or are you kind of pally with the players? Or do you have any autocratic streaks here? Or are you just finding your way? I'm finding my way a little bit. Obviously, when you it's, it's Seems a good lad, like. I haven't know. been in a team environment yeah. too often. So I'm kind of... But no, I think I'm fair with them. I don't know. But they might say a little bit different, but yeah. it's not like we're going mad at half time or anything like that. We're just trying to, you know, give them a few pointers and stuff like that. Because mm. you, you did deal with some interesting characters managerial wise during your career. Yeah. Who'd be um, up there when you think about Barry it? Barry Fry. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Be the biggest, char- biggest character, biggest sort of motivator at half time and stuff like that. Yeah. Definitely. What did that entail? Throwing stuff, um, shouting at stuff shouting at people, sorry, and just getting a little bit mad. And does that work anymore? Um, I don't. I don't know. I suppose I don't know. I think it's just your character. You can't put it on, can you? I, I couldn't put it on going in ranting and raving at half time. It wouldn't be me, but he, it worked for him. Dolan, Pat Dolan. Style. Dolan was brilliant. He was. He was. He was. You know. He was. He's. He was. What was not really half time with Pat. More of his kind of preparation and his knowledge of players was better than anyone I've ever known. He was following people around Cork as yeah. well, wasn't he? And yeah, he'd know like if you where you were the night before and where everyone was and where if you what you'd have for dinner and everything else. Wasn't there a story of him like sending over a tray of like a pint of water to some lads in some pub at some point? Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. <laughs> a few of them stories. <laughs> I like that. Um, you also had you had Rico as well, obviously. Rico uh, was excellent. Rico was Rico just very well was, spoken. Well spoken, kept it short in team meetings though, but it, he was more of a kind of motivator. Just 
you know, wasn't worried too much about the opposition, had belief in us and just wanted us to go out there and um, protect the house or whatever he used to say about if you're playing at home and stuff like that. But he was, he was good. He was a motivator and um, there was no messing around with him. Pat Sean, Fenlon, you had him. Sean Connor as well. Sean Connor. Pat Fenlon was, um, <laughs> Pat Fenlon was, was, was professional, so professional. Like, I, you know, just everything had to be right, had to be his way, had to be right. Um, the change room kind of policed itself because everyone knew exactly what what to do and what not to do. So he was excellent as well. Sean Connor, no. Might as well talk about Michael O'Neill or Sean. <laughs> Michael O'Neill was excellent. <laughs> Michael O'Neill was brilliant. No, Sean Connor was Sean Connor. I, I quite like Sean. I can't. I can't. Um, I can't say I didn't like him. I quite liked him. Some of the things he did, he didn't help himself with. I'm mm. sure you know you all know him, but. It was a strange one because he was he was I liked him and a lot of the lads he did had like positive him. aspects as well to his yeah he kind of divided the dressing room which was which he shouldn't have done and I'm yeah. sure he kind of I'm sure he regrets doing that now and he did a few things that were just you know might have been in his character they were just crazy but um, Michael O'Neill was excellent in terms of he saw the game exactly how I saw it or I saw the game exactly how he saw it that's you know everything he said I kind of believed in where some other managers you you're doing it because they're saying it but you don't really think they're right. Will you have a point with the lads after a game or do you kind of go your separate ways? No, it's long, it's, you know, Longford's a long way. Most people live in, live in Dublin or whatever, so it's a long way to, to get home after, so no. And what do you know about Bangor Celtic? Not a lot. Um, someone just said to me the other day, they, they know they're good friends with a manager, so I'll have to speak to them again. Mark Rossiter, remember Mark yeah, Rossiter? Yeah, yeah. He played against them a couple of weeks ago Yeah. for... I think Mark plays for River Valley now. So. I think Mark's working in Dublin Airport now, isn't he? Or yeah, yeah. yeah we're selling whiskey and stuff. Yeah, so. I saw him recently going through on a trip. It was very bizarre, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So will you be at Longford as in a similar length of time to Barry Fry's kind of stint over there? Um, I hope so. I hope so. If, um, if, we, if, the club, if the club's successful, then hopefully I, I won't get sacked. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a good start for me. It's a nice start. It's a great club, great people there, letting me get on with it. Um, one thing they said to me when I took it don't be bothering us all the time with phone calls and things like that and I said to them don't be bothering me with just phone leave calls it, leave you to it almost, yeah. Yeah. let me do the team side of it and you do all the other side if, there's, if you need me for anything I'll help you but we kind of like I say they're letting me get on with it and do what Gary Cronin's my assistant as well and Gary's been there for plenty of experience he's been there for a few years yeah so the kind of you know things that I wouldn't have known I'll just ask him so you know and and just just uh, my last question for you: the, the cup must be a really kind of realistic game for you guys. If you get a good, get through Bangor potentially, which is not a you know formality, but then you're in the last eight, you could get plenty of clubs there gone, good clubs gone. You could get a nice passage potentially to the last four. Yeah, I, I mean you know when you you know the, the FAI Cup's always one where you're just trying to avoid one of the big lads, aren't you? Really, so like any cup, but yeah, we um. We believe that we, you know, we've got the squad there that on our day we can give anyone a game, and that's what the cup's all about. So, you know, keep getting, you know, Bangor won't be easy when you ever play a junior side. They're going to be really up for it, and it's a Friday night, and it's at their place. So, you know, it'll be tough, but hopefully we'll get through that. And like you say, it could be you could get any other club then. Okay, I have two more questions. The best player you've played with, and the biggest bastards you. <laughs> were marked by like the biggest like hard man type but okay. the first one is the best player you played with now this must be good in Ireland or no no well, just anywhere. Spurs anywhere. whatever um, best player, David Ginola oh, wow. yeah yeah excellent um, and you dress a bit like him actually 
kind of yeah. later on. What was yeah. that? Did he go to that place? What was it called? So, uh, what was it? Suits you, Liffey Street. Um, you want to get the name right. <laughs> I nearly forgot it. Um, Johnny will kill me. Um, what was I going to say? And then the, the biggest, like, he hated marking him. Because you were a nice, my, young, yeah. kind of, not young, but yeah. nice kind of... He was young once, Johnny, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, and, and a nice, tidy player. Yeah. Um, uh, let me see now. Graham Gartland. Remember Graham Oh, Gartland? yeah. yeah. We, we used to have some good battles, me and Graham. Yeah. Um, Draw Cork had a good... Well, then it was yeah, we had a good battle. We yeah. had a few cup semi-finals and cup finals, and we always used to have a good, good tussle. I'd say it was the hardest. Good stuff. Listen, thanks a million. I, I think it's been a breath of fresh air in Longford having uh, you know, a new coach and a young coach and best luck for the rest of the season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers, Neil. Are, are you anyway envious now? You didn't look at more suit options for your wedding? Are you yeah, happy enough? I mean, there was, that was a shameless level of plug-in there. I mean, it was blatant product placement. I mean, maybe I should have, to be honest. Actually, the aforementioned um, Rory O'Connor earlier on, I think he actually ended up getting a suit at Louis Copeland. And at one point on his wedding day, he mentioned something about having to put something on Instagram. So, like, that was uh, mandatory. I don't know, actually. I'm not actually sure. I think it might have been a joke. I don't want to misrepresent them. I mean, it'd be a shame if, like, your wedding day was just became just shameless commercialism. Do you know what I mean? Like, product placement again. We're not quite at that level bit of yet. A bit of a shout out, like, you know, thanks very much for my wedding day in association with. <laughs> Uh, you Let know. the priest say it at the altar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the communion today is brought to you, you by. And 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 is he the best dressed manager in the league from your perspective? I know oh. it's something that we we've discussed uh, it's many. Probably discussed probably too time. many times. It must be yeah. said. Um, we're far too many times on the show. Uh, there's, a, there's sort of a recurring fashion theme across the show here, which leaves this sort of presumption that we're in any way well dressed, which is like uh, completely Sometimes ironic. Ah, like now and again, now and again. Very rarely. Um, best dress manager, it's a tough one. Like, See, some managers like to mix it between the suit and tracksuit depending on their mood. Like John Caulfield is sometimes manic in the tracksuit and then the odd time he just turns up in the suit and it's like, yeah. God, he looks like he's he means business here. Do you remember, um, you were a bit of a fan of a football manager back in the day? Uh, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I had a mate um, when, when his team got to the cup final in football manager for that particular game, he would obviously turn off the computer, turn it back on for the cup final, and then he'd wear a suit for the cup final. Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> over the top. But I mean, I think someone else we might have mentioned previously did used to like stand behind the computer like pensively with yeah. the arms folded, at which point, like, you know, the mother drops in and says, you know, do your homework and wants to know why he's like ranting and raving at an official. Like, it's kind of disturbing, really. You seem to think about it. Okay, um, we're going to have Ollie Horgan on shortly. I'm not sure I will ask him about that, but um, your last question if you were a manager, would would you be tracksuit or suit man? I think you'd have to go for the suit. I think. Who would who would provide it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> one, one, one of our three or four sponsors. I think Deck and Collar and Cuff will look after us. And we're now joined by uh, Ollie Horgan. Ollie, I was a little bit startled just before you came on because my sidekick Daniel uh, here started listening to some music on his headphones, and I asked him what he was doing. He said, "I'm trying to sort out music for his wedding." Um, do you remember your 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 wedding music? Because this was a new one for me now. No, my 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 wedding music. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of band we had in them days. I think it was. Um, I think it's a bit far for me to remember, lads. But I'd rather not talk about my wedding. Well, you, 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 you have a you have a harpist at your wedding, but you could have had a pianist. We could have had a could have had Ollie Horgan, but he'd be busy because <laughs> the, the cup quarterfinals are that night, and he's going to be busy if they get through uh, the next round. As as a, as a Galwegian, actually, Ollie, first things first. Uh, Austin yep. Gleeson and and that mad mad stuff. Galway will still win the All Ireland, though, won't they? 
Well, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we hope to be there on the day. We'll certainly be supporting them. But we'd 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 hard days in the last thirty years going up and down that road for hurling finals. But but please God, maybe this year this year the luck will go their way. You know. Friday must have been pretty mad. Like just watched it on the box. Uh, it just had everything you'd want in a cup tie, unless you were one of the managers, I suppose. Yeah, the, it was it was a great game for a neutral to put it that way. Yeah, um, you know, it it it's to be fair to both. They had it won. Uh, they had it lost. They, they, they had it won again. That type of way to put it that way to you. Um, it, it certainly was an entertaining game. It was extremely open, where both teams went at it. And and credit to both that you know at, at, at when we went two one up, they came out in the second half and tore into us and deservedly went three two up. They had a chance to go four two up that were killed it. Uh, I think the only maybe you know reservation we have is that it, 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 it was a cup game which probably isn't a priority for us in the situation that we're in in the league like I, I, I know it's not a priority but at the same time you know it is realistic for any club in the Premier Division now to win the Cup I think because you know they're, they're, if you get a favourable round and all that just imagine I suppose for the players being in the Viva Stadium the potential to get European money yeah I know like, but if, if you then turn around and we get drawn away to Limerick uh, and we're already down there a week later in the league it brings with it other difficulties obviously yeah. football difficulties but you know you're talking about financial difficulties it's bad enough going to Limerick once in the week without going two times in, in actually what turns out to be uh, I think six years actually so uh, you know it, it certainly wasn't the draw that we wanted for football reasons or for financial reasons but look at least we're still in it put it that way to you you know yeah and you know we spoke earlier in the season about where Harps uh, goal is going to come from but to be fair you, you look like a club or team at the moment that basically is is going to score a lot of goals and you seem to have a lot of options yeah uh, yeah and at the, okay yeah we have been scoring goals you know, we went five games without scoring through a patch in, in May there but we've we've turned the corner that way, but at the same time we're conceding just as many, if not more, at the other end, which probably would be a complete opposite to a number of years ago when we were in the first division, where we didn't score too many and we didn't concede too many. It's it certainly is more entertaining for the supporters to put it that way, but as you say, maybe not hugely entertaining from, from myself, my point of view or the likes of Allegri's point of view. Um, you've had to work the transfer market a bit, Ollie, this year. Just you've had changes. You had Kieran O'Connor; he left. Um, but it seems like Eddie Zane has really stepped up to the mark the last. I know you brought in Keita as well, but um, Eddie really seems to have responded to, I guess, the challenge that's been set to him in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he, he's. You know, it took him a while to settle. To be fair, to Eddie, I mean, I saw Eddie play with Longford against us, and indeed against other sides. It, it was Tony Cousins that, that, that took him originally over from England. And, you know, you could see what he could do then. But he's still only a kid. And, and yeah, he's starting to come good, to be fair to him now. But, but he's still, you know, he's just turned 20. And he's a long way to go, to put it that way to you. Um, but certainly, if he continues the form he's in, we won't be complaining. But, but as I said, he's still only a kid. And bringing in Mark Timlin as well. I mean, you've had to... You know, you've had to chop and change a bit at times, but I, I guess when you see the other clubs around you, I mean, Pats have strengthened, Sligo have strengthened. I mean, you, you've had to do it. I mean, there's, you, you have to sort of, you can't be left behind in that regard. Yeah, well, we, we, we lost we lost maybe one or two that, that we didn't want to lose, to put it that way to you, and we've taken in one or two that we wanted to get. It would probably be an ideal if we could have kept the one or two that have gone and added to it because we have a relatively small panel and 
when when we've lads out for injury and suspension, you know, we, we, we depend on the 19s, and if it's fair to them, they've done quite well, but it's a big, big ask of them, you know, fighting at the bottom of the Premier Division to try and keep us in it. So we would like to have kept what we lost on top of what we took in, lads. Was it that way to you? To be fair, though, with all the pre-season expectations, for Harps to be out of the relegation zone for a fair while now, you know, you, you certainly... You've certainly defied a lot of people's expectation, Oli, but how, how, how much of a danger is relegation still at this point with, I suppose, six teams in with a realistic shot of going down? Of course, it's, it's, it's been a danger from day one, and please God, it'll be a danger from, from the last year when we go to Bohemians, and I mean that in a positive way. We, what we, do you mean know, by that, that you're motivated that or what? We're in, that we're still in the fight. Yeah, but, but sure, you're, was, you're obviously going to still be in the fight. You, you're not going to be down by then, surely. By the last game of the season. Yeah, so the way Harps are going, I mean, you'd imagine with Galway, the way Sligo, Sligo five away games out of seven left, um, your own your own roster maybe isn't as hard, but the way Harps are going, you, you seem to be, and this is the thing, Dan, they're constantly picking up points all season, aren't they, as well? Yeah, but, but possibly, yeah, but I mean, when you go, and, and reality hits two weeks ago against Galway, who, you know, by their own accounts, didn't play at their best, and they still ran out comfortable winners up in Balabafia to their credit, and when you compare like with like on that night, you realise absolutely, you know, are, are, are you set to finish above Galway? Certainly not on that night. Ah, yeah, yeah, but Ali, this was all, that game all changed on McCourt sent it off. Other than that, it was 50-50. Like. I, I, well, look, OK, I, I, that might be your interpretation. To be fair, we were hanging on even with 11 on the pitch. Uh, and then at the same time, a week later in the Cup, we, we, we had a big performance that just about stumbled over the line against Bowles. It's just a pity maybe we didn't have that performance a week earlier, but we, we can't pick and choose when we turn up or not, unfortunately. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll see where it gets us, put it that way to you, but certainly I think there could be a lot of ups and downs between now and the end of the year. Like, what yeah. you make of this uh, double header then this weekend? I mean, it's effectively a double header for you, Ollie, with the two games in three days. Pat's away and, and Cork at home. It's a, it's a pretty tough double header, yeah. given how, how Pat's have seemed to have clicked yeah. a bit the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Pats, Pats have, have, have strengthened with, with, with quality that was there before and, and, and quality that they've taken in. Uh, they're, 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 they're a proper, proper side again. Not that they weren't a proper side, but certainly maybe they weren't at the high standards that the team always had for them. But they're back there and certainly back there in the little bit I've seen in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we, we, we've, we've had one or two good days maybe against them recently. But when you look back, we played them in a cup game three years ago when they had a lot of the players that they had back now. And, you know, it was it was a long, long afternoon for us. And that memory is still very, very prominent in, in a lot of our players and in my head. So we, we know we're going to be back to the wild stuff on Friday. And then on Monday, you know, you're, you're going against Cork that, that'll probably be trying to win the league on Monday night. You know what I mean? But you're still getting them at a good time. A good time for who, Pat? <laughs> uh, we we'll say for Cork. Cork like Cork's, Cork's uh, performances since Maguire and O'Connor left have been so far below what they were capable of. And obviously, I know you're saying they're trying to win the league, but it's it's probably not a bad time to play Cork if, if such a thing exists. <laughs> I, I watched them on Saturday night up in Bray against Bray, and you know it was there was, there was certainly nothing wrong with their performance with or without any personnel. And, you know, if anyone is underestimating them, and it certainly won't be us to put it that way too, you know. But it's probably a game where, you know, you have nothing to lose in it. Uh, whatever happens, there's probably no expectation on, on, on Monday of getting anything out of it. On Friday night, you know, if, if, if we could hold out 
and make it difficult, you know, you'll try and get something out of it. But I think Friday night could be equally as difficult to put it that way. To you. I, I think Friday, it might even be harder, actually. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's possibly true as well, you know. Like, so it, it doesn't get any easier, you know. Like, and then we threw away trips to Limerick in the Cup and in the league, and you're kind of wondering, right, where, where are you getting points out of that? And, and when you said to me, you out of the relegation, you know, we certainly aren't, you know, unless, unless it's mathematically impossible for us to be caught, which I, I can't see happening. I think it'll go to the last day, and I'm kind of hoping it will uh, as regards that we're still in it. And uh, last question, actually, for you. Are you like uh, Homer Simpson and Principal Skinner? Are you and Hegarty the original odd couple, or do you have similarities? <laughs> he seems to be a bit of a character as well. Great ball player in his day, of course. Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah Paul, Paul. Paul is a smashing player, yeah, and, uh, and a smashing lad, to be fair to him. Uh, you know, I think, I think if everyone you know, put, put as much effort in as Paul Hegarty has done with the club, I, you know, I, I think I think then we might survive, to put it that way to you, but, you know, he sets a standard of, 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 of what's expected and he shows and leads by example. And look, he's a mighty man, to be fair to him, but I hope he's not listening to this because he doesn't take compliments too well, to put it that way to you. All right? Happy days and uh, good luck in the, the busy week ahead and, and thanks a million for coming on, Ali. You're more than welcome, boys. Take care. Thanks, good all the best, sir. Okay, so we had that shameless like looking for reviews and ratings. I want our loyal listeners to tweet in some suggestions for Dan's music at his wedding, right? Okay. So this is just just to specify. specify when is this? Uh, we're looking through all the options at the moment. At like, the is this at the, in the church at the end? Maybe that's been discussed. Okay. But, like, but I mean, everything's up for review. Like really, you know. So any, any ideas you've got? Have you seen the the wedding dance to um, Forever? The is it is it Chris Rock tune where basically the whole wedding um, kind of cast come in like dancing down is the aisle to the, to the music? Or something like. Well, it's something completely like. unbeknownst. Like the, the the actual congregation has no idea this is going to happen, but it's like do 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 do, and then all of a sudden the best man comes in out of nowhere and just lashes himself doing a dance on the in the aisle, and it eventually ends up with the bride coming into massive anticipation around the chorus. So yeah. it's worth, you could try that. I think if we tried that, Lars, like, you know, four to five people would probably die. Die, like, You know yeah. what I mean? So that's not really the, it's not really the, the ambiance we're looking for. But I mean, I appreciate your suggestion. You know? Mass wedding kind of, you know, casualties um, as... Uh, yeah, you know. it'd be a dreadful, it'd be a dreadful way to go. And... Uh, it was presuming Ollie Horgan isn't that Ollie Horgan though would probably predict that that would happen at his own yeah. wedding. He'd be like, "Yeah, listen, if we tried that, five or six people would be injured." I I know he's now uh, he's full of, he's full of shit because that 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 Harps <laughs> going United game that was not. He goes, "Well, that might be your interpretation, you are, but yeah, it wasn't." That's actually I was at that game. Now I had a bit of craft on I, me, but I I could know. fear like he, like he was just like your your enthusiasm and your optimism. He didn't think I was at that him. game. I kept stum. I was playing poker last night, like holding my hand till the end. Uh, he didn't know I was at that. You were no, at that game. No, Dan. but I think there was. Um, I don't know your enthusiasm there is just like you rocked him to his very core it's like everything he doesn't stand for it's like no no like if the players could be listening to this he's going to have to do a double long team talk on, uh, on Friday to explain why things might go wrong the only thing he liked was Pats could be a tougher game than Cork oh yeah you could be right and that's the nearest Saturday game morning yeah. it'll be Cork, Cork it's a much tougher game, game than ever. Pats and in know? fairness um, we had one of the things that we could have asked him was like could he be in the running for manager of the year and he definitely could yeah, he could, but I mean, they have to stay up first. Like that's the problem. And also, I mean, if John Caulfield doesn't get it, there will be eruptions in Cork, Johnny. They will not. They will not enjoy that. I'm not sure. 
Cork ah, have done on, enough now. this season for Caulfield to be oh, manager of the year. Johnny now, like this, Hang is, on a a, this is like the overrated thing. They they they've they've lost one game, like they won what their first seventeen out of eighteen. They're going to win the league. Cork have ne- Cork never like Cork have only won the league twice before. They're going to um, win the league. That's fine, but they had an extremely good team. Dundalk haven't been at their best, oh, and Johnny, they didn't Johnny, really do it in Europe. I can just hear the tip tapping of no, angry no, I, Cork I, men I'm uh, just saying, coming towards us. I'm just saying, right? Does Caulfield definitely deserve to be manager of the year? Does he definitely? Is there even a debate? Right? Did, of course, there's a debate, but you know, and there's years where. Um, there's years where a manager, like, you know, his team have clearly fallen over the line. I think when it's your first league, when the team have been runners up for three years in a row, you know, almost being described as, yeah, are they, are they bottlers or are they losers or whatever? And then they come out and they bash through every game, whatever the record was till they lost against Bowes. Well, they've won 22 out of 24 games. Like, does it matter? That, that, okay, they won the cup, which gave them a boost, but they could easily have disintegrated over the winter, been demoralised. Okay, okay, the dog had. Why would they be demoralised? Because they've been runners up in the league three years in a row, and they're like, "Jesus, we can't get across this line." You know, it could easily go both ways. It can definitely go both ways. Like you know, you see in other leagues, like they always say, the team in the championship that loses the playoff final often just falls away the next season. It can be that hard to take the, the, the blow of of knocking on the door so many times. So I think, in fairness to him. They've improved year on year. That is good management. I'm not saying he's the only contender. Who are the contenders? Well, I mean, at this stage, Keith Long would have to be up there. Um, you know, you know, Kenny Shields is doing a good job, but I think last year he was exceptional. This year he's, he's consolidated that. I think the, the thing with the Kenny European Shields results is the year that they've had for him to hold it oh, all yeah, together no, is nearly the big biggest time. thing. No, that's very no. true. I mean, Europe was poor. Um, but we'll have to see who stays up because I mean, I'm not going all Ollie, Ollie Horgan on it. But okay, it's, okay. it's still very possible they'll go down. We're going to have, they, to, we're they, gonna have yeah, to run through could, that. And could, that's what I want to get you on could, in particular. They could go down having had a good season, which yeah. is sort of And, and so, some of this is too much results base as well. It's like, you know, the hop of the ball. But we've Cork City against Sligo on John Caulfield looking to see who's going to sign for next Year. On Friday, we, we're going to get let's let's do quick predictions, quick predictions. as well, and, and and a very brief chat about some of the things. Sligo Rovers are in big big trouble, big big trouble. If I was going to go for a surprise this week, it'd, Could be, a, be, this it'd be a draw in okay. Cork and Sligo because Sligo actually have a reasonable record against them, and they've been they've given them good games this year, um, and they have a bit of a you know, history of the clubs between players going from Sligo to Cork. Just a bit of a hunch that Sligo could maybe get a draw. They've got five draws in a row. They're a bit hard to beat, but they're finding it hard to win. Cork could probably win, but if you want to go for one, what's your what's your prediction? Uh, I, I'll say home win. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of agree. Sligo at least have, you know, they've more motivation than Cork, who I think are going through the motions of it at the moment in the league. Bray Drada. Bray Drada, um, you know, this is not an irrelevant game. Drogheda are still in with a shout, and Bray uh, are still really in with a shout of, of finishing at, at the very least fourth, uh, oh. if, if not third. No. It's probably gone, but anyway, um, I'm going to go for a home win here, actually. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting to the stage where Drogheda aren't in with a shout anymore. I mean, they're nine points behind, fourth from bottom. Not looking good. Eight games to go. Um, actually, maybe I'll go for a draw here as well. Galway Knights against Shamrock Rovers. We have Lee Grace, who's just left, and obviously there's also Horgan and Ryan Connolly all come back to Galway, where, which would have been well, their when, like, When's the last time Galway beat Rovers? It was probably Johnny Glynn, was it? Or like Live um, Aid or something? Like It's a long time. I think, it was, I think um, De Valera was uh, actually just become Taoiseach. <laughs> he wasn't even a blind president. Um, no, it's ridiculous. I think it's like a 25-match run or something yeah. like that. Desperate record. Having said that, um, I, I think they're capable of getting a draw here. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, but shaky at the back since league race left. Good win for Rovers and Limerick. Um, I'm going to agree with you. I've gone for three draws so far this week. I should probably just double Draw these all up and, 
Um, now, this is an intriguing game. I'm hoping to get down to Terryland, and if I don't, I have the option of drinking in the Royal Oak and Kilmainham or very nearby going to St. Patrick's. First mention of the Royal Oak and Kilmainham in a long time there. Yeah, uh, St. Patrick's Athletics. and Because uh, I still haven't seen the boy Garvin in action, but uh, Pat's looked to be so much improved the last since those players came in, really, and a uh, huge game for Harps. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Um, and, and Harps won earlier in the season because we had Brian Carey running around that time That's and he right. was disillusioned with life after that game um, Pats are clicking though they've got their home form right I'm going to go for a home win and I'm, Holly, Ollie Horgan would love that prediction he'd be like fantastic yeah. you're dead right it's a formality it's a home <laughs> win why are we even bothering to go <laughs> and uh, Limerick and Bowes is another captivating game really you know yeah. and I, I think your point there about Keith Long you know on the what I believe to be their budget in terms of the chron- the order of the league, they're having a brilliant season. Like. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's they're in a sort of a weird limbo now because they're out of the cup. You would they still have a bit of work to do to be safe, but you would think they're going to be fine. But they can't think like that. I suppose no, and they don't want their season to peter away to nothing either. You know, um, but Jesus for Limerick now, this is the vibes are bad. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I actually tipped them to go to Derry. Like it was just complete nonsense for me. Like they were two down in nine minutes. I, I just don't know if the response is coming here. Like I, I just wonder. I wonder is this going to be an away win? Very hard game to call. I think it'll be a tense down there, and I'm going to go for a draw. But I, I really it have has to, to be a response from Limerick. Yeah. If it's not going to be now. Like you know, when's it going to be? So the time is ticking. Derry and Dundalk. Now, that'd be a, that'd well, be you a were at the game, game on. You were at the game, but like this, this, this must be like the most entertaining two teams playing each other nearly in the league at the moment. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that Derry played Rovers and McGinn Park. It was a cracker as well, by all accounts. And we are getting some good games lately between the better clubs. Um, although actually, the strange thing is that the Dundalk Cork games this year maybe haven't lived up to it, the two best sides. You know, um, yeah, it'd be a cracking game. Uh, the Dundalk were so much better than Derry on Sunday. It was surprising. I don't think Derry will be that bad again. In terms of being so loose, um, I I I nearly go for, do you know, I, I'm still going to go for an away win. I'm still going to go for an away win. I still think the dog had the measure of them on Sunday, and and they, like Derry have been great against the dog all season, four from six in the league. But I think this is a game for the dog to right go up and wrap up second place for good. I think they'll get it anyway, but this is a chance to do it. But I think that'll be a cracking game. I think it's a sign of um, where we are with the 10-team league that we could have predicted six draws here and not been kind of laughed at. No. We leave the Finn Harps-Cork City game uh, for, for uh, obviously we'll review that next week. And it's, hard to, it's hard to predict that game mm-hmm. when there's two games in between. What's your prediction for Derry and Dock? So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go for an away win, actually. Um I just I don't know what it is with Derry at times. They look so open. Um, whether it's a consequence of not having enough defensive cover in midfield, I think it ultimately. I think I think so many of their problems just stem from not having Ryan McBride. I, I I'd love to have seen Derry this season if the their talismanic captain could have been still around because um, it just I think I think we nearly forget about how difficult it is. They just had to get on with the job. Like oh no, I mean know. they've had a, an extraordinary year, and I think you know not to be repeating ourselves every time that we speak about it, but I actually saw there was a Ryan McBride day the other day for the, the foundation as well. Uh, so it's still very much, it's very fresh. And yeah, there is that probably that element of, um, we, we don't even know the half of what they've sort of had to face this year at all. Um, and they've in that context, they've had a great season and all the disappointments are magnified. Like, you know, as in, I know they were, they were gutted on Sunday and I saw Nicky Lowe apologizing to the fans for their performance, but they, you know, they haven't let them down too often this year. 
And the first vision fixtures are Wexford against Cabin Teeley, Waterford against UCD, uh, Shelburne against Cove Ramblers, and the Midlands Derby of Longford Town against uh, Athlone Town. And that was it for episode 26. Again, uh, much thanks to Neil Fenn for coming in between um, all he has to do, uh, as well as manage Longford Town to a potential big run in the Cup. And uh, I don't think we've anything else to add, Dan, do we? No, we can just, we can just go. Yeah, and uh, also just a bit of kudos to those who gave us uh, groveling reviews on um, uh, the old iTunes. And uh, we'd appreciate a lot more of the same. And we shall talk to you next week.